Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Red Letters Sermon Series, which looks at the words of Jesus Christ in the Gospels. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, we're going to be getting back into our Red Letters Series and uh, just studying out the words of Christ. <clears throat> and I'm, I've been enjoying the study, and I'll tell you, any time, uh, I, I think over the last, well, last eight years, as, as the church has uh, continued forward, anytime we preach on, on the life of Christ or the teachings of, the, of Christ, uh, man, it's been a strengthening time. And I think that just goes back to the principle that when he's exalted, uh, people are drawn to him. And I know that that's true in my own life. And so, <coughs> excuse me, tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter number five. And uh, before we get started, just want to ask if you've ever received a phone call that you did not expect. You ever had a phone call that you didn't expect? Perhaps maybe it was a job offer that you weren't expecting to get, or maybe uh, it was a long lost friend that was uh, uh, trying to get a hold of you and finally they did. Or maybe it was the unexpected phone calls that my parents got uh, from the school principals and stuff like that because of my sisters. Uh, not, not because of me, but because of Dina and, and Dawn. Um, but you know what? We've all been there. We've all received a, uh, um, an unexpected phone call. But probably no one in here has received the unexpected phone call like Ruth Dillow did. Ruth Dillow, it was February 27th, 1991, during Operation Desert Storm, that Ruth received the phone call uh, that really would be the worst call of her life. It was a call that stated that her son, Private First Class Clayton Carpenter, had stepped on a landmine and was killed in the line of duty. Over the course of the next three days, she would grieve. And uh, of course, just having lost a son in the military, she was just beyond herself. But then she received another very unexpected phone call. On that third day, the phone rang and she answered, hello. And on the other line, she heard, mom, it's me. I'm alive. At first, she thought it was just some sort of a practical joke. She responded, it can't possibly be you. And the voice on the other line, after a few minutes, she discovered it, in fact, was her son. And they had mistaken identity, and her son, Clayton, was still alive and actually had survived uh, other military things going on in that same area. And she was just blown away. True story blown away at the first unexpected call. Man, my son, he's been killed in the line of duty. But then the second, to be her son and to say, Mom, it's me. I'm alive. You think about unexpected phone calls or unexpected things that come up in our life. Everybody has them. Everybody has times when we get a phone call that we didn't expect or maybe we get a a situation that we didn't expect. As we come to Luke chapter number five, we're actually going to find a call that the disciples did not expect. Because as you come to Luke chapter number five, the disciples are actually not even disciples yet. They're just believers in Jesus Christ. And what we find in Luke chapter number five with Peter and James and John and with Andrew and uh, with others that would be there, we find God, Jesus Christ, giving them a call. And his call in their life was a call to deeper faith. That's what Luke 5 is about. It's about a deeper faith. It's about launching out. It's about taking the next step. It's about getting away from that which is comfortable and moving forward to that which God has called me to. And so tonight, we're going to look in the life of Peter, James, and John, of Andrew, and of those uh, other disciples that would have been there. And we're going to see this call to deeper faith, and then we're going to be challenged with it as well. And so I want you to take your Bible, and let's stand together. Let's go to a familiar passage, Luke chapter number 5, beginning in verse number one, Luke chapter five, beginning in verse number one. And the word of God says this, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he, Jesus sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, 
launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had, done, had, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the, the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes that which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want you to look again with me at verse number 11. And I would ask you if you would take your Bible, Luke chapter 5, verse number 11. Would you read that verse with me out loud? Luke chapter 5, verse number 11. Ready? Begin. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. What we're going to see tonight is simply this, that the Lord, <clears throat> in the context of the, of the passage, Peter, James, and John, they're believers in Christ. They've already come to faith. We saw that a few weeks ago in John chapter number 1. But they were not yet disciples of Christ. And in Luke chapter number five, what we find taking place is Jesus, as he normally did, using a life illustration to teach them that they can follow him by faith. And at the end of the entire uh, uh, series of events, which only for us is only 11 verses, but for them was a few hours at the end of it, the Bible says they got it because they forsook all and they followed him. They understood. That's why Peter knelt down before him and said, Lord, I'm, a sin I'm wicked. I'm wicked before you. Why? I doubted you, but now I get it. Now I get that I can trust you. And Jesus says to him, well, then you need to understand that I've got a better plan for you than catching fish. You're gonna be catching men if you can follow me by faith, if you can trust in me. And they understood it. They forsook all. They followed him. And today we're going to be challenged with just this thought, a call to a deeper faith. Let's pray together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Would you take a moment and just in the quietness of your own heart, would you ask God to speak to you? Dear Lord, we just come before you again. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for how it applies to our lives. And Lord, we're thankful for this passage tonight, that you want to use it to speak to us and to help us. And so Lord, we pray that you would help us to be listening to your spirit. And Father, I pray for every believer in here. God, I pray that you challenge us to take a step into deeper faith. Lord, I love you, and I'm so thankful that we can trust you and Lord, at times it's hard, and yet we know that we have a God who is perfect, a God who is in control, and so Lord, we pray that you just help us and challenge us through your word tonight. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> As you come to Luke chapter number five, we find ourselves on the lake of Gennesaret. You'd say, well, what is that? In scripture, it's referred to also as the Sea of Tiberias, or anybody know the third one? The Sea of Galilee, all right? Sea of Galilee, Sea of Tiberias, or the Lake of Gennesaret. All three are the same one when you find in Scripture, and the reason is because of the towns that surrounded it. If you were to look at the Sea of Galilee, you would see Tiberias right next to it, Gennesaret to the north, and then, of course, it is in the region of Galilee, so that's where it kind of gets all three names. The Sea of Galilee is one uh, 13 miles long and eight, eight miles wide. It's not a very large body, body of water, uh, but it's the lowest freshwater lake on earth. Did you know that about the Sea of Galilee? Lowest freshwater lake on earth. And when you look at 
at the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. And as we were there last year, I mean, really, uh, you, can, you can look at the pictures of it, and, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem that big. So when we read about a storm on the lake, um, you know, you, we kind of think, well, what's a storm like on a lake? But for a lake, 13 miles by 8 miles, that's still a good-sized lake. And you, you can ask the people there, and that was one, one thing I've always wondered when we went to Israel last year is, uh, you know, how could you say that there was a tempestuous storm on the lake, you know, and the, the waves were really warrant roaring? And you begin to ask people there, and they'll say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, some storms can come up just because of the way it sits and the, how it's kind of in this uh, little valley and mountains surround it. When the wind comes over both sides, I mean, it can really stir up a storm. Well, as you come to Luke chapter number five, this is where we find ourselves. We find ourselves on the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Tiberias. The Bible tells us that Jesus comes to the coast of this, of this lake and people are following him. People are, are pressing him. And as they come and begin pressing him, a large number of people desiring to hear from him, Jesus, knowing that the water would probably work as a natural sound system, he, he goes to one of the boats course, he knew whose it was. He goes to the boat of Simon Peter. Now, this man who, whom had just met Jesus probably uh, three to five months earlier, John chapter number one, he'd been introduced to Jesus by his brother, Andrew, who was a follower of John the Baptist, but split off from John the Baptist to follow Christ and then went to his, Peter and said, went to his brother, Peter, and said, hey, we found the one who they call Messiah. And Peter goes and they become believers in Christ, but now they're back to fishing. They're not walking with the Lord, uh, traveling with him full time, though they've done a few little trips with him. They're not doing it full time. And Jesus comes to Peter's boat and we find the first type of faith that we're noticing in the scripture. The first type of faith that we'll see that the Lord asks them to have is what I'm calling a little faith, a call to just a little faith. Notice, notice it, will, if you will, with me in verse number three. It says that he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out, what's the next two words? A little. Hey, Peter, would you just thrust out a little? Of course, the purpose was that Jesus would be able to go out and, and be just a little ways offshore and be able to use that natural sound barrier, or, uh, sound reflector, and just kind of go off and speak in that sound system, if you will. That was the purpose of it, but I think Jesus had another purpose in it. You see, what he was trying to do is <clears throat> go and go to Simon Peter, and these guys are there. And if you look at it, what they were dealing with, the Bible tells us that they were mending their nets. Verse number two, it says that they were washing their nets. So they'd be washing them, and they would be mending them. They perhaps have just just come off. We would we would gather that from the fact that they're washing their nets. So they've they've just stopped fishing for the night. They've just stopped fishing for the early morning hours. They, they know that you don't catch anything, really. Uh, you know, you're not going to catch anything out there. And so, you know, you, you think about what Jesus probably was asking them. And in this first request, he's not asking them to go fishing. He's just saying, hey, just listen, just put the nets away and just thrust out just a little bit, just a touch. Peter, this isn't very inconvenient for you. Can you do that? Can you just, just thrust, just go out just a little from the land? So I imagine reluctantly, I mean, Peter's probably tired. He's probably a little like, ah, oh, man, we just, I don't want to go back out on the water. I've been out all night. It's like some of you fishermen, I know Quinn sometimes will, men and, men and boys camp out. He'll give people rides in the boat. And probably that last group of people at like 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, it's like, Quinn, can we go out one more time? It's kind of like, all right, well, we're not going to go fishing. I don't want to get the poles back out. I'll, I'll, I'll take the boat out. That's kind of Peter's spirit, I think. He's like, okay, I'll do it. Just a little reluctant, but all right, I'll do it. Probably really wasn't, again, wanting to, but maybe to just kind of appease the Lord. He just kind of goes out a little ways. I mean, after all, they weren't being asked to go back way out there yet. He's just asked to go a little ways. You know what, this uh, Peter, he, he didn't mind it. He didn't mind going a little ways. You know what I think about today is I think about the fact that Peter kind of reminds me of a lot of Christians. You see, a lot of Christians, they, 
Most Christians do not mind doing a little bit. Most Christians don't mind being involved in a little bit. I would call this the category of little faith. Peter, these guys, they were this call to just a little faith. Hey, just, just go out just a touch. They weren't far from what they were used to. They weren't far from the shore. They weren't far from the normalcy of their time and their schedule, right? Right now, they should be washing and mending their nets. Right now, they should be uh, dealing and getting the business ready so they could go home to their families. After all, they've been out fishing all night and all the hours of the morning, and so now it's time to go home, but guys, just give me a little bit of time. All right, Lord. All right, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of time. We'll thrust out a little ways. Not really a big step for them. It's just kind of a simple decision. It's interesting that this place, the place of just thrusting out a little bit, that's usually the easy thing to do, isn't it? You know, as a Christian, it's easy to just do a little. It's, you know, listen. Ah. Growing up, growing up, you know, you think, oh man, it's just, we have church again. Sunday night, oh, we got church again. It's, you know, midweek, sir, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Let's be honest. It's easy to just go to church. Now, does the devil fight it? Yes. But really, going to church. Now, I understand there's health things and stuff like that that comes up, but let's just talk, generally speaking, to come to church and sit for an hour, hour and a half. For most Christians, this isn't really a sacrifice, is it? I mean, it's not. It's kind of easy. You know, it's, it's easy, let's, let's think about it this, this evening, it's, it's easy to just simply talk about being a Christian. Oh, you're not pushing it upon anybody, but it's easy. Just, I mean, in our culture, think about it. In our culture, we live in a Judeo-Christian culture. I mean, even though we're getting further and further away from God, in our culture, it, it's easy to be identified as a Christian. I mean, I, I drink coffee at different coffee shops in town, and twice this week I've had people uh, ask me, well, what are you doing? I'm a Bible sitting there in my computer. I say, oh, I'm a pastor. And the response I've got this week is, oh, great. I go to such and such church. Or, oh, I'm sorry for what I just said in front of you. <laughs> We've gotten those responses this week. Listen, that's, it's easy. Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, I go to church. That's easy. You know what that is? That's a little bit of faith. If, you, if you'd be honest today, it's, re, it's easy to just, you know, read the Bible when things are tough. Man, things are going rough. I'm going to read a psalm today. That's something that's easy. It's easy to just pray at mealtime. Really, you think about it, it's easy to have just a little faith. Kind of reminds me of our son Micah a few years ago. Micah was... Uh, approaching his birthday, and um, he, had, uh, he had gotten the flu. he gotten the flu, but the night before he got the flu, he ate corn. He ate some corn. And when he got the, when he got the flu the next day, I'm not going to be graphic, but because he'd eaten corn the night before, what came up was corn. In Micah's mind, his mind was, the corn made me sick. It wasn't the flu, it was the corn. And so for months, we couldn't, I mean, he used to love corn, five, six, seven, let me have corn, let me have corn. Corn and chicken, you could not keep enough corn and chicken. That boy would eat it all the time. But after that time, three, four, five months go by, and every time we have corn, he would say, I just don't want to throw up again. I don't want to get sick again. We finally hit a point where we just said, well, Micah, listen, Micah, you don't have to eat a whole scoop. Just want you to have a little bit, just a little bit. And you know what his response was? Okay, but only a little bit, only a little. You know what? There's a lot of Christians in life that they're fine with, if I can use it this way, they're fine with faith steps, but Lord, just the little ones. God, just the little ones. I don't want anything big. God, I'm, there's no way that I'm going to do that. But God, I'll, I'll take the little steps. 
You know why? Because we're often comfortable there, aren't we? Man, we're comfortable just kind of doing that which is easy. Well, we find the disciples and Peter, they're in an easy place, this place of a little faith. Christ had called them to a little faith. But I want you to notice, secondly, that he takes it a step further. And this is all going somewhere. Remember verse number 11, they got it. They forsook all and followed him. So Jesus is using the progression to even teach them a little bit. And the second thing that he calls them to is he calls them to what we're going to call a launching faith. I want you to, now we're going to, now we're going to take this up a, up a notch, boys. Notice verse number four. Notice Luke 5, 4. When he had left speaking, Jesus left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Okay, Peter, the, the little faith, listen, the shore side faith is done. Now, let's go, out, let's go out a little bit further. Peter, I want you to take me out into the deep. Peter, I want you to thrust out a little ways from the shore. I want you to thrust out, launch out now. Now we're not going just a little way. Now we're going to launch out. Now, what does this mean for Peter? Listen, this second request, it wasn't just, hey, get in the boat and take me 20 feet offshore. The second request was, Peter, I want you to get your nets. I want you to get rowing. Take, they, didn't have mo they didn't have engines. Peter, I want you to row us out, get the wind, get the sails up, get the, row, get the rows out, and let's row out and sail out, and let's go out into the deep. And then when we get out there, put your nets back in. All right, now this request is a little more frustrating to Peter, isn't it? What have they been doing all night? They've been fishing. What are they doing now? Washing their nets. Fishing all night. Now we're washing and mending our nets. I don't want to go back fishing, Lord. I've been doing this all night. You say, that wasn't their spirit, Pastor. Go one verse further. Luke 5, 5, Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. We've taken nothing. That's, that's his spirit right there. We've taken nothing. Listen, we've been at this all night. There's, there's some frustration in that. God, I, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go. How many parents have heard that before? Yeah. Well, I don't want to go. Man, I was, I was, that was me all growing up every day of school. Me and school, we had this love-hate relationship. My parents loved when I went and I hated when I went. Listen, I could not stand school. I'd wake up and I'd say, Mom, can I be sick today? <laughs> She'd say, No, you're not sick. <laughs> but mom, I don't want to go to school. I could not stand it. You know what? This is where I kind of see Peter at. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. We've been out all night. This isn't convenient. This isn't comfortable. We, we've been already washing our nets. That means we're going to have to do more. I'm going to have to do more work. If I do this, God, it's going to require more from me. It's going to keep me up longer. It's going to keep me out longer. It's going to keep me away from my family longer. Lord, this is not a convenient move. But then we read his following response. The phrase, we've been seeing it on Sunday mornings in our Relentless series, the phrase is that word, nevertheless. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know what Peter did? Even though they were tired, even though they were probably a little more reluctant to do this and perhaps even frustrated. Lord, we've worked all night. We didn't even catch anything. It's pointless. They're not gonna, we're, the fish aren't out right now. Everybody knows they're not in the deep right now. Nevertheless, at, what's the next two words? Thy word. Nevertheless, at thy word. You know what Peter did here is Peter trusted the spoken word of God. Hey, Christ Jesus, since you asked it, we'll do it. Though I don't understand it, I'll still do it. 
though this is against my reasoning and what I know to be true, I'll launch out because your word asks me to launch out. You know what? Jesus knew what was waiting for him, didn't he? Look at verse six and seven. We just read it a second ago. Luke chapter five, verse six and seven. It says, when they had done this, so when they had launched out, when they had threw their nets back in, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Do you see that? Do you see what's taking place? They bring back multitudes of fish, filling up both boats, both ships, uh, probably, I, I don't know, 17 to 20, 25 feet long ships. They fill them up so that they begin to sink. I mean, the normal catch, the normal catch, we, we know from John 21 even, would be uh, your net would be filled with this, at this time, about 150 fish would fill a net. Now that would be the the average size. Well, if, this, if they're filling their nets, plural, multiple ships, and they're about to sink, this is a lot of fish, isn't it? Now, what's their job? Fishermen. How do they make money? Fish. If they caught a lot of fish, they're going to have a lot of fish to sell, and they make some money. Man, this catch was a big catch for them. This catch, if I could say it this way, this was a miraculous catch. And here's what God did. God rewarded their faith with that miracle catch. He knew, Jesus Christ knew what was waiting for them. If they would launch out and throw those nets out, if you will get out of that which is comfortable and get away from that which is convenient, listen, if you will take a step, I will bless the step that you take. We know that's exactly what Jesus was trying to get across. Why? Because of the response of Peter. What does Peter do? They get back to shore. They have all these fish right there. What does Peter do? He turns and drops at the feet of Christ and says, man, forgive me. I, I had the wrong perspective on this. I was wrong in this. I, I did not want to do this, but I see, I've learned, I'm listening that if I will trust your word, if I will obey you, if I will take those steps of faith, that you can bless it. Do you see it in verse nine? Peter's getting it. It's clicking in his head. Hey, listen, a launching faith is what God wants for me. I need to thrust out. I need to obey his words. And the truth is today, if they had not launched out, they would not have enclosed a great multitude of fish. Peter, launch out into the deep, leave the comfort zone, get out of the harbor, get away from the shore. And that's when real blessings take place. Can I just remind you tonight that much of what Christ is asking his people to do still to this day is to have a launching faith. And a faith that launches out of the comfortable and a faith that launches away from the convenient can I tell you right now, it's against reasoning. This morning, we learned about humility in our message out of Judges chapter number 12. You know what? Humility is against human reasoning. Human reasoning says, promote myself. Jesus says, hey, humble yourself. That's against human reasoning. It's against our reasoning to forgive, like we heard about this morning. Man, that's against the way we think. It's against our reasoning to allow, uh, to allow God to take revenge. It's against our reasoning to be kind when others are not. It's against our reasoning to uh, be faithful to the Lord and, and to give when we maybe don't have the finance. It is against our reasoning to take many of the faith steps that God still asks us to take. But church, we need to understand tonight that the Lord is still calling believers to have a launch out type of faith. Hey, listen, get away from the shore for a little bit. Hey, you need to understand that Christianity isn't meant to be comfortable. It's not meant to be convenient. It's meant to be stepping out and taking those steps of faith. Why? Because it is only when I take the steps of faith that I see the miracles of God. Hey, listen, when you stay near the shore, when you stay on the sidelines, when you, stay, when you sit at the beach a little bit and stay there and just, well, I'll just do a little bit. That's when we miss. That is when we miss the miracles of God. 
And there's a lot of Christians sitting in a lot of churches that are missing the multitudes of fish. Why? Because they're staying with little faith. They're staying with a little faith. You know what happens in our life is we take one little step of faith and then we begin to congratulate ourselves for years. We're like Gideon a few weeks ago. We get a victory and then we begin to worship the victory more than the one who gave us the victory. Isn't that true in your life and mine? Come on, you still with me tonight? That's true in our life, isn't it? Man, we gain, we gain a little bit of ground and we go, well, I, I did that back then. Well, I witnessed back then. You know, I gave to Faith Promise missions back then. You know, I went and told back then. We, we just get comfortable with that little faith. I just tell you tonight that God desires to get us out of our comfort zone and accomplish something for him. God's desire is that you and I would launch out into the deep, get away from the comfortable, get away from the convenient, and have a launching faith. Listen, maybe your comfort zone is only doing the little bit. Maybe your comfort zone is, you know, I'll just attend church. I won't be involved. Maybe your comfort zone is, you know, I'll just carry tracks, but I won't aggressively, you know, I won't try to really get them out. Maybe your comfort zone is, you know, I'll pray when I have time. And maybe tonight you need to say, God, I'm going to thrust out a little bit further. I'm going to launch out in the deep. Oh, it's not comfortable. It's definitely not convenient, but I'm taking a step. Can I just tell you tonight that that's the only time when we really see the miracles of God, when we really see the multitude of fish is when we take those steps of faith. And there's too many Christians living in that comfort zone of little faith when God is calling us to launch out, to get out into the deep. You know what our response needs to be? Same as Peter's. What was Peter's? Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Hey, Lord, this this step of faith that you're asking me to take, it doesn't make sense, but I will. I think about our faith, uh, our missions emphasis time coming up. All growing up, we called it, my dad called it the Faith Promise Missions Conference. All growing up, Faith Promise Missions Conference. And the whole concept is the idea that, God, I promise to take a step of faith. God, you ask me to do that, I promise I'll take a step of faith. You know what, this year, I hope that God would challenge some of us to take a bigger step of faith. God, if you'll give me that $20 a week, I'll give it towards missions. Just like Hannah in the book of Samuel, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give it back. Just like the widow uh, that Elijah, both the widows, Elijah and Elisha, both dealt with. If you'll, if you'll give to God, God will give to you. If you'll, if you'll step out by faith and you'll watch God work. Now, I'm not telling you tonight, all right, you need to send in your you know, $25 to the church and we'll send you a magical hanky that's going to you know, uh, make, you, make you healed. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people tonight that are going to say, you know what, I've been living in the comfort zone Christianity too long. I'm going to take a step of faith. In my missions giving, I'm going to take a step of faith. In my witnessing, I'm going to take a step of faith. In my church attendance, I'm going to take take a step of faith. It's going to require more time. That's all right. At thy word, I will. Taking some steps of faith. I want us to see tonight that Peter, he's called to this launching faith. And I appreciate uh, one old preacher, A.W. Tozer, a preacher, man of God of years gone by. He said this, God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves. That's a lot of Christians nowadays. You know what God's looking for? Launch out faith. I see first there's a call to a little faith. Hey, everybody can do something. Hey, everybody can do something. But there's a call to that launching faith. Once you've done something, God's going to say, all right, let's take this a little bit further. But the whole goal of this passage is verse number 11. Because verse number 11, they get it. And Jesus Christ gets them to this final call, which is to a call to have a living 
faith. A call to have a living faith. If you go and you begin to read the verses, the Bible says in verse number eight, it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at uh, Jesus's feet and kneel, or excuse me, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so uh, was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. You know what happened is Peter, he saw his own lack of faith. He knew his own doubt. He says, Lord, I doubted you and I'm unworthy to be near you. And certainly every one of us could cry that out. Lord, I'm I'm, I'm, uh, unworthy to be near you. But I want you to notice what Jesus does in the last part of verse number 10. It says, Jesus said unto him, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. This is where Christ calls Peter, James, and John, and I believe Andrew. I believe he was there. I believe he served on Peter's boat with him. But even if it is just Peter, James, and John, God calls them to this phrase, this living faith. You see, here's what he's doing. And I want you to see the picture here, and I want us to understand the, really the, the, the depth of what Christ is teaching. Because here they have two ships filled with fish. That's a lot of money for them. That's a, probably a, a good month, month and a half of wages for them, maybe even more. And here they are with these ships filled. And it's almost, in my mind, it's almost like Jesus is creating a decision for them. Peter bows down before him. I'm unworthy. Jesus says, fear not. He says, I'm not upset. From henceforth, you're going to catch men. It's like he's saying, hey, you see all this? You see these fish? That's what you used to live for. Peter, all this right here, that's what you used to fish for. Peter, all this, this used to be your purpose. Hey, Peter, you see these two boats? Hey, that used to fulfill you. But Peter, I'm calling you to go even further. I'm calling you to have a living faith. Peter, I'm calling you to no longer just fish for fish. Peter, I'm calling you to a deeper purpose, fishing for men. Peter, I'm calling you to forsake all and follow me. Peter, I'm calling you to a faith that is a living faith. Can I help us understand tonight that the Lord is still calling people to a living faith? He still desires for believers to get what he was getting to Peter and to James and to John. You see, he was changing the purpose. The purpose of their lives was fishing. Now it's going to be fishing for men. He said this in Matthew 4, 19. Uh, he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Hey, listen, you come after me and I will change your purpose in life. And isn't that the truth? That God is still looking for people who will wholeheartedly follow him so that he can change their purpose. And listen, I think about our missions conference coming up. And I think about uh, the idea that we, when we give, you know what we're doing? We're saying, I care about fishing for men. When I give to uh, the Baloo family, or when I give to the Keck family, or when I give to the Creekmoors over in Bellevue, or when I give uh, to the church plant down in Tempe, Arizona, or when I give uh, to the, uh, the Sanders family over in China, when I'm given to these families... I'm saying I care about fishing for men. You know what that is? That's faith. That's saying I, I'm not going to see what happens with this money. I'm not going to literally watch it go in the tray and go into the church account and then a check gets sent and then follow that money over to uh, Brother Steve Ennis and I'm not going to see him buy a church track or buy a Bible and walk up to somebody and give it to somebody. But by faith, I say, God, I put this in the offering tray because I trust that you'll use my dollar. I trust that you'll use my $10. I trust that you'll use my $500. I trust that you will do something for the furtherance of the gospel because of what I'm able to do because of you. That's a launching faith. 
But I want you to see here that the Lord was not simply just calling them to say, okay, you're going to be witnesses for me. In the passage, I believe Jesus is trying to help them see and understand that what he's calling them to is to live every day by the same faith that they had just put into Christ. The faith that says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will. Jesus was calling them to live by that faith. Luke chapter 5, verse number 11 records their response. It says, and when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They caught what he was saying. They made it back to land. And from that point on, listen, from that point on, these men are sold out for the Lord. Oh, were they perfect? No, but they were all in. Let me ask you, did did Peter make some more mistakes after this? Oh, yeah. Did James have some doubts after this? Yeah. Was John perfect? No. But you know what they were? They were consumed. They said, all right, we're all in. We're going to live by faith. We're following you with everything. We're leaving our plans behind and following you completely, Christ. They're not going to just obey by faith every now and then. They're not going to just, okay, we'll just do the little things. Now they're saying, God, we will live by faith. And tonight we need to be reminded as we begin to wind things down, we need to be reminded that this is the life that Jesus Christ still wants for every single believer. Listen, God is still calling us to have a living life. Faith. Say, Pastor, what is that? It's stated this way in Romans 1.17. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. It was always interesting to me, that phrase, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Oh, now what does that mean? The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That phrase righteousness, the word right there, it can, it can be holiness, it can be right living, but I want to use the word rightness. All right, rightness. You say, Pastor, is that even a word? Probably not. Is that a word? It can be. It is right now. We're going with it. All right, we're going to use the phrase rightness. The rightness of God, what God is, the right character of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's clear now, huh? Uh Uh-uh. Watch this. If every step I take is a faith step, okay, let's do this. Every step I take, I'll do it up here, is, is, a, is, is a faith step, all right? I'm going from faith to faith to faith to faith. That's what I'm doing. Every step is faith to faith. You know what God's word is saying? Oh, don't miss it tonight. Listen, listen. Let's not become lazy in our listening for just a moment. I want us to get this tonight. I want us to understand this because I believe this is where our church is right now. We have a church that God's done some things and we've become, uh, we've become a little excited about some things. But I fear that all too often we get comfortable. We get complacent. We say, you know, we watched God do that a couple years ago. You know, uh, God's working in Mike and Rebecca's life. You know, God did something last week at Community Sunday, two weeks ago at Community Sunday. But well, what's God doing now? Here's what we need to understand. God is calling us to go from faith to faith. And every time we go from faith to faith, you know what people see? They see the rightness of God. That's what it's saying. The righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is made known from faith to faith. 
Well, what is that supposed to mean? As it is written, the just, they shall live by faith. The word live right there, it means to continue forward. It means to move forward. God is saying, hey, if you, if you know me, if you know God, if you are just, if you are made right, you know it should be identified in your life. I move from faith to faith to faith to faith to faith. And people look at you and they say, man, there is something different about you. How can you continue forward through that struggle? Hey, how can you have peace? Hey, how can you give? to a church. Hey, how could you go? How can you keep being involved? And you know what you're doing? You're saying, my God is worth it. My God is worth it. My God is worth it. And people all around, they begin to understand. You begin to make your God known when you take faith steps. You know what God is still doing? He is still looking for people to say, I'm done with shore side faith. I'm going into the deep. And then when I go in the deep, God, I'm not even done there. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to live by faith. Hebrews chapter number, uh, um, chapter number 10, verse uh, 38 and 39. It says, we are not of them. I think I have it here. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but we are of them that believe or continue to believe to the saving of the soul. This is the faith that leaves my plans and says, God, my life is about you. This is the, the faith that says, God, I am all in. God, I am consumed. And I want you to know tonight that God is still looking for some disciples who are all in. He's looking for some people who uh, aren't just doing things because he said to, but they're doing things because they have truly loved the Lord and because they've seen God work and because they know the blessings of God are out there and because they know that God's not done. Listen, this is the believer that says, I'm sold out for Christ. I'm done living on the shore. That's what needs to happen. We need some believers who are going to say, God, I follow you, not for anyone else, but because I love you. God, I'm going to tell others about you, not because I'm guilted into it, but because I love you and I love people. God, I'm going to give to missions, not because the pastor said so, not because it's Mike and Rebecca, but I'm going to give more to missions this year. I'm going to take a step of faith, even if it's a little one. I'm going to take a step of faith this year to say, God, I trust you. I want to live by faith. I wonder where are the Christians who say, I am consumed. I am all in. I love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Every part of me follows God by faith. I want to ask you tonight as we close, where's your faith at? Listen, where is your faith at? A lot of Christians, they're content with a little faith. Only doing enough. Listen, only doing enough so they can appease their conscience. That's a lot of Christians nowadays. Right? So then when you feel under conviction in the preaching or in a Sunday school lesson or you hear a song come on the radio or even in your own time with the Lord, and God convicts you and you say, yeah, you know, I know I should, but I've been given... You know, I should probably talk to them, but I passed out some tracts during community outreach. And we do just enough to pacify our own conscience. Maybe that's where you are tonight. Can I tell you, if Peter had stayed in the place of comfort with little faith, he would have never seen the miracles. And when we continually stay in the place of little faith in our lives, we fail to see the miracles and the blessings of God. Christian, I just want to tell you tonight, there's too many so-called believers who live in the area of little faith. Oh, they've trusted God. They know they're saved. But they do just enough so they feel good. If that's where you are tonight, can I tell you, take that step to say, you know what, I'm going to launch out. I'm going to get out of the comfort zone. Take the steps that God's asking you to take in your faith. The most foolish thing we can do is to sit in the harbor when he's challenging us to launch out. For everyone here tonight, the goal of Jesus Christ for us as believers, one of the goals is to get us to a place where we are living by faith. What's that mean, Pastor? It means where I'm sold out, where I'm following him, where like the 
churches of Macedonia, I say, God, I'm not just going to give you my dollar. The churches of Macedonia, what did they do? 2 Corinthians 8, 5, they first gave of their own selves. If I had the offering tray up here, I'd set it down like the little boy did. They were passing the offering tray, offering tray after a service one Sunday, and the pastor had preached about missions and about giving to missions. That offering tray passed by that little boy, Miss Veronica, and he set it down on the ground, and he stepped inside of it. Usher said, son, what are you doing? He said, well, I don't have anything else to give the Lord, so I figured I'd give myself. And I wonder, where's the believers that will do that? I wonder, where's the Christians that will say, you know what, God? I'm done. I'm done with comfortable Christianity. I'm done with complacent Christianity. I'm done with content Christianity. No, I'm going to step out by faith and live a consumed Christianity. I want to ask you tonight, what step do you need to take? What step has God been pushing and putting on your heart? And you've been saying, nope, 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 not me, nope, I can't do that, nope, I look, watch, look what I do. What step tonight is God saying, hey, have you seen me work before? Yes, Lord. You think I could do it again? Okay, God. Faith. What step is it? Like every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. And tonight, let's answer the call. Unexpected call in Peter's life. A call to a deeper faith. Hey, quit living that little faith. Don't even live that launching faith. Tonight, let's make the decision. I want to live by faith. If God's spoken to our hearts, let's respond to him tonight. Dear God, I thank you for the word. Thank you for how, to, how it can be used to speak to us. And Lord... I pray that you just take the uh, inadequate presentation tonight, Lord, and the message, and that you'd use it, God, to challenge your people. Father, I believe every single person in here has a step that we need to take. Lord, would you show us what it is tonight? I pray you help us to respond to you, whether it's in our chair or at the altar. Lord, that we'd make the decision, no more living complacent and comfort Christianity, but instead we're going to live a consumed Christianity, living by faith. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.